Netflix needs ads to keep revenue growth going, but that is just the start to realize the full value of its content. It needs to adopt a hybrid business model and step outside of its owned and operated app. Listen on to find out more. This is Endscreen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at Endscreen Media. And today is June 16th, 2022. Today, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about why Netflix needs to introduce an ad-supported tier. Now, I know you've heard a lot about this in the news and there's been lots of discussion. And a lot of that discussion has really focused on consumer demand. And uh, that's, in fact, why Reed Hastings, that was the reason he gave, that's the CEO of Netflix, of course, that's the reason he gave why he thought it was a good idea to introduce this ad-supported tier to give people a slightly cheaper price uh, in exchange for watching a few ads. But i got to tell you, I don't think that's the real reason why Netflix needs the ad-supported tier. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, a lot of today's information is coming from a brand new white paper, uh, free white paper that we've just released here at Endscreen Media. It's called Oh No Is Not Enough, Hybrid Business Models and Multi-Partner Distribution. And you can pick that up from the Endscreen Media website. Just go to the research and port section and it's right there at the top. You can click and sign up and receive that for free. Okay, so let's step back a little bit. Netflix has really had a great run. Uh, It introduced streaming in 2007 and single-handedly it created the subscription video on demand industry. And boy, has that industry had a great run. It has swept the world and is probably the most disruptive change to come to television since its invention. And uh, today, according to Digital TV Research, there are 1.2 billion global SVOD subscriptions. In North America alone, the industry is generating 40 billion in subscription revenues. Uh, That's how much it generated in 2021, according to Digital TV Research. And SVOD subscriptions account for about two thirds of all streaming TV revenues in the North American market. The rest, of course, comes from AVOD fasts and transactional video. And according to Digital TV, the growth in streaming television, the overall market, is looking set to continue. It says it's going to grow about 10% a year and will reach $210 billion in 2026. That's, I guess that's just four years away. But the big change is what's driving it. Until this point, SVOD growth has been the engine that has been driving the growth of internet television. But that is changing. And viewers are really beginning to embrace free, particularly free advertising supported on demand and linear streaming services. But they're also happy to exchange watching ads for a reduced subscription fee. And I'll actually be talking about a little bit of data to tell you about how ready consumers are to watch ads in exchange for that lower price. And uh, according to Digital TV Research, AVOD is forecast to grow at a compound annual growth rate of 19% a year. Now, compare that to the overall growth of the internet TV market, which is only 10%. 
Well, how is SVOD doing compared to that? Well, SVOD is growing at a much less aggressive rate, only about 6% according to that data from digital TV research. And over that period, the high growth rate of AVOD and fast services is really going to drive its share of streaming TV revenue. That will go from 19% in 2021 to 35% in 2026. And over the same period, as I said, SVOD's only going to grow at just 6%. And so its share of internet TV revenue will actually shrink from 67% in 2021 to 58% in 2026. Now, Reed Hastings, the co-CEO of Netflix, he says that allowing consumer choice is the reason that they're introducing the ad-supported tier. But you know, there's a much better reason to continue strong revenue growth. His company really needs to participate in the fast-growing uh, AVOD market and actually the faster growing AVOD market than SVOD. And, uh, you know, analysts actually believe that Netflix will do pretty darn well in the market. Moffitt Nathanson estimates that the company w- could generate up to $1.2 billion from ads in 2025. Uh, it actually thinks that Disney Plus will do better. It says that it will be generating $1.8 billion in 2025. But I guess the figure, the, the thought there is that Disney is much more steeped in the advertising world and, and so will come with advertisers in hand when it launches its ad-supported tier, probably sometime later this year or maybe early next. But notwithstanding that, Netflix is going to do pretty darn well in just a few years. So uh, that actually is the real reason why Netflix should do ads. We're seeing this rapid expansion of the advertising market. We're also seeing growth dramatically slower in SVOD. And so this is a great way for Netflix to continue to grow their revenue without actually having to continue to increase prices or relying on weaker subscriber growth going forward. But I've got to tell you, I don't think Netflix should stop after adding an ad-supported tier. As I mentioned, the free white paper from in-screen media, I know, is not enough. It really makes it clear that a more sophisticated approach is required. A lot of the less viewed content in Netflix's library, I think, could be reused and distributed through AVOD sites like Tubi and fast linear services like Pluto TV. And I really don't think this is going to have any impact on subscription numbers, basically, this content is being, is, there's a range of content that's sitting in Netflix's library that's not doing very much to attract people and is actually just sitting there not being watched that much, but would have value in a free advertising supported context. So that, that could be a really good reason for Netflix to think about doing different distribution for that content maybe reaching out to fast services and creating channels around some of that content. So distributing the content to Tubi, which is one of the biggest AVOD sites, or creating channels for Pluto TV around some of its best-known shows with early episodes. And in fact, that's exactly what Paramount Plus is doing with Pluto TV right now, right? 
when they launch a new series of say Picard, they put an old series, an earlier series on as a, a linear channel on Pluto TV. Uh, so that really helps promote the service Earn some, earn some additional ad revenue from that content and drums up interest in people signing up for, for Paramount Plus so that they can watch the latest season. So there's lots of reasons why I think Netflix should be doing far more than just adding an ad tier. And there's another thing. There's actually this rumor that Netflix is interested in Formula One rights. Now, this makes a lot of sense. It has been very successful with its F1 documentary series, and that has been credited by Formula One actually of drawing in new viewers. So I think uh, providing Formula One live races on Netflix could be extremely interesting. But, you know, I'm not sure that they should just drop this in to make it available to everybody. I think there's an opportunity here for Netflix to actually charge extra for the live races, for people to subscribe to F1 live races within the application. And that's really the bottom line here. And that's one of the things that I really talk about a lot in this new white paper, O&O is not enough. Uh, in fact, in the paper, I say single tier owned and operated services treat all customers the same. They aren't. Some would prefer to spend less on the content. Others are willing to spend more. And by offering different business models and different distribution, you really cater to many different ways that consumers want to consume your content and you really allow them to differentiate themselves. They can pay more with you or they can they can pay less and watch with ads or they can watch through a free site so i think this one size fits all mentality really needs to change so there is actually another thing that i want to point out here and that is that this one size fits all mentality is not restricted to svod and companies like netflix we're also seeing it in free AVOD services. They are, again, one size fits all. You can come in and you can watch with ads and that's really the only option you have. I get it. We are emerging from decades where our entertainment media could only really be delivered in these simple business models. You either watch the channel with ads or watch the channel without ads and paid for it. But you know, that is not the case today. We have a platform in internet TV that really gives us a great deal of flexibility about how we distribute and how we monetize. That's really something that we need to look at. And that's what I want to talk about here for a little bit, uh, just, uh, just at the end of our podcast today. So I mentioned earlier that there's no shortage of data showing just how willing consumers are to watch ads while streaming premium video. There was a study a couple of weeks ago from Deep Intent and LG Ad Solutions that said that 64% of connected TV viewers would rather see ads than pay more for a subscription service. And TiVo's latest video trends report says that two thirds of US adults we're using at least one AVOD or fast linear service in its uh, in its survey. Uh, and it actually went on to say that two thirds of US and Canadian survey participants are willing to watch ads 
to get free content. So there is very clearly no shortage of appetite to watch ads in exchange for free or cheaper um, options. However, that does not mean ad-supported viewing is always right for viewers. The TiVo report I mentioned, the video, the latest video trends report, it says that two in five US and Canadian survey participants say they deliberately seek out and subscribe to ad-free streaming services. So there's very clearly still a large appetite for ad-free viewing. Uh, and I think the message here is pretty clear, right? Viewers want the option to watch with or without ads, whichever suits their needs. SVOB providers, I think, have got the message and are adding these cheaper ad-supported tiers. But this is still really inflexible. You're, you either have to sign up with ads, with Hulu, for example, or without ads. And it's the same with Paramount+. Plus. And it's the same with Discovery Plus. You either watch with ads or without ads. And this approach does not reflect how people would like to watch. There are two major factors I see when people want, might want to switch to ad-free viewing. One is time of day and one is what they are watching. The TiVo data shows that ad-free viewing is preferred during prime time, less than 30% of the time spent watching AVOD and VMVPD supported services occurs during prime time, while 45% of SVOD viewing, mostly ad-free of course, happens during prime time. And the type of movie or show also influences the desire for ad-free viewing. For example, 35% would prefer to watch an immersive story ad-free and 25% want to avoid ads when watching a favorite genre. And that data really suggests that there is a middle way between all ad-supported viewing or non-ad-supported viewing. Why not give people watching ads the opportunity to watch an individual show or a movie ad-free by charging them just a little bit? The offer, the offer, I think, could be made relatively unobtrusively. You could uh, pop up a small overlay banner just when the show starts up. And after a few minutes of viewing, um, that banner would go away. Or you could put an interactive ad in the very first ad break at the very beginning. And this could once again say, hey, do you want to not see any ads during this show? And you could then offer to, to, to do that for 50 cents or a dollar or two dollars, whichever is appropriate. You can not only do this on a every show basis. Remember, we're online here. We know a lot about what the viewer likes and what the viewer doesn't like. You can pop these offers up during big movies or Favorite genres. My favorite genre is sci-fi. If I were to be given this offer during, uh, say, Hulu when I'm signed up with ads for the latest episode of The Orville, I may well say, yeah, I'll pay 50 cents or a dollar to watch this show with no ads. I want to be absorbed in, my, in, in the story. This is a real opportunity to optimize revenue for providers, right? They can give us an opt-out and you can bet that the amount they can get out of us is much more than they will probably have earned from ads on the average anyway. And I actually think there's even an opportunity to optimize the amount 
that they offer us to buy out with what I like to call surge pricing. Now, you know surge pricing, right? When you take an Uber and it's busy, it costs more to take the Uber. And I'm suggesting that the uh, operators can actually use the same approach. How would this work? Well, uh, Netflix could charge its ad-supported viewers more to opt out of ads for the latest series of Stranger Things or Ozark. Now, this is a bit more controversial, but they could a provider could also flex the charge for opting out based on the value of the ads in the first ad break. So, in other words, when they make the offer, they've already been out and bid and they know how much the ads will cost in that, how much money they'll make on the ads in that first ad break. So they base the offer on how much they would make in the ads for that first ad break. (laughs) That would be true surge pricing, right? Perhaps that's a little bit too far right now, but there is absolutely no doubt that we have the technology to implement opt out for ads and to target the offers of opting out for ads to the most popular content. He is hoping that Netflix is thinking a little bit more deeply about how it wants to offer the ads and it won't simply offer an ad tier. It will give us the opportunity or give some viewers the opportunity to opt out of those ads uh, and, and watch individual shows ad free. Now, I just wanted to remind you that there is this new great free white paper from Endscreen Media that talks a heck of a lot about all of these new hybrid business models and multiple distribution options. It's called O&O is Not Enough, Hybrid Business Models and Multi-Partner Distribution. And you can pick it up right now from the Endscreen Media website. All you have to do is navigate there click on uh, the research tab and it's the very first item on that research tab this week so you can get that for free this has been colin dixon with Endscreen media and we'll see you again next time this podcast is a production of Endscreen media all rights reserved